0: here it is welcome back to the show this is the adf underground brought to you by all day football what's up y'all i am your host chris nikami chouse welcoming you back to another episode Last uh, last time we had the cast, we were discussing the AFC East. And uh, we're going to continue down that same trend, same path, as we will be dissecting every single division until the season comes uh, to fruition. Uh, but just a little bit of news coming out on the wires showing that the NFL has canceled. Uh, I believe it has been confirmed that they have canceled. All preseason games. Uh, the rookies are now going in for COVID testing, and then subsequently the veterans will follow suit. So it is kind of interesting. So before we jump into the show, I, I I I'm kind of up and down when it comes to the preseason. I mean, I get it. It is it is preseason. It doesn't count, and especially in times of a pandemic. I mean, why risk? Uh, getting players sick even even within a bubble that they're going to construct but i mean i still feel for the younger talent the undrafted rookies this was their time to shine i mean even veterans who are still looking to and vying for a, a spot on a roster i mean this does hurt them as well so i do anticipate the nfl will likely have uh bigger rosters um for the regular season especially not only to handle any uh players who do uh test positive for covid what i mean then this will continue to be the way to allow younger players rookies undrafted uh, rookie free agents and those veterans the opportunity to to play. Maybe it's a heightened practice squad. I don't know. I haven't seen the breakdown yet. I mean, I know that the NFL PA and the NFL are trying to work out some sort of arrangement to work out the deal where everybody's satisfied so that we can have a football season. It is getting kind of close uh, to the wire, but I do believe uh, we will see football this year. I mean, MLB is starting up uh, right around the corner here. Um, We have, I heard NHL is uh, potentially starting up. NASCAR has already been going. So I I mean, sports are definitely trying to make the comeback uh, during this time, but I mean, the NFL is that train that gets everything moving it is the most popular sport uh, when it comes to financials and tv uh ratings i do believe um so i mean without the nfl i mean that's going to be a big big problem so i am curious to see how they do this it is going to be interesting to say the least but nevertheless let's jump into the afc south this is a division i am extremely excited about simply because we have talent teams, basically three out of four. I mean, I don't want to discount the Jaguars, but they're they're again kind of falling off and, and, and looking to be uh, that rebuilding squad since they traded all their talent for all that draft capital. But we'll start off with a team that I am extremely high on when it comes especially to fantasy football. That is the Indianapolis Colts. So I mean, a lot, I've taken a lot of flack this offseason. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen how much I've been pushing the Colts, how much I've been uh, excited about Phillip Rivers. I'm I'm enamored with Phillip Rivers going to the Colts and this offense, especially with Frank Reich, especially with this offensive line. This is arguably the best offensive line that Phillip Rivers will have ever played with. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. This offensive line should be ranked at... at One or two, I I still believe they're the top offensive line in the entire league. And when we start talking about Philip Rivers, everyone says, and I'm I'm in agreeance. Everyone says his arm isn't what it used to be, and I agree. I mean, I'm not trying to say that Philip Rivers still has uh, full ability that he had when he was in his mid or late twenties. I mean, it's obvious age has taken its toll. But but when you see Rivers and what he was able to do with the Chargers last season, I mean, he still threw for what 4,600 yards. I get it. The interceptions were higher. I believe he went over 20 interceptions. But he is really, he is just a few seasons removed from throwing even, what, 42, 4,300 yards. And I believe he even went over that 30 touchdown mark. So, I mean, there still is ability and there's still something left in the tank for Phillip Rivers. And with this offense, he has the ability to reassert himself as one of the sneaky dark horses, especially in fantasy play. Don't get that twisted. Don't sleep on Phillip Rivers this year for all my fantasy uh, fans and listeners. Definitely he is one to to grab. But let's break down this offense. I mean, I get it. I've heard all the arguments suggesting that this receiving core is too young, inexperienced, and they don't have, outside of T.Y. Hilton, the top-end talent. And I agree. I mean, T.Y. Hilton is coming off the injury. Um, He is definitely looking to bounce back. And with Rivers as the quarterback, I think... Uh, the possibility is is more than likely for him to go back over a thousand yards. I think that if Philip Rivers can could have supported like he did with the chargers the keenan allen the mike williams uh the hunter uh henry i mean the austin eckler i mean these were all passing players pass catching players that were just eating up yards from philip Rivers. so when you start talking about this offense sure will tyc double teams it's very possible but then you have michael Pittman, the rookie i mean he's tall he's he's very uh what's the word it's it's he's he's explosive in his own right it's it's deceptively explosive i think is the best way to, to categorize him. He, he's so lanky and tall. I believe I had him on my comp uh, coming in for my scouting reports. Uh, a a slimmer plaxico burris and i mean it's all over the tape he high points the ball extremely well he jukes so well for a a very tall man it's 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 so strange when you watch his film because you don't think he is that quick or that fast and then he gets by defensive backs and he's gone Uh, i think he will add a very sound dynamic to this offense that they've never had Um, and philip rivers now has his his trusted jump ball man uh, at the receiver position of course i have been preaching paris campbell as well i'm a huge paris campbell guy i think he's got skill for days and the only thing that's held him back has been injuries if he can actually stay healthy for this season and i mean granted again it's the covid season so everything is up in the air but if he can stay on the field for majority of the time i think him and philip rivers are gonna be a, a, a thing to see it's gonna be beautiful look at what keenan allen did on those short routes back in la i mean this could be The season where Paris Campbell breaks out. I really, even though they're not necessarily the superstar elite talents just yet outside and i mean we can't really call ty hilton elite either but i mean ty has proven that he is more than reliable and consistent to put up those big numbers so i mean there is potential here you still have zach pascal i mean nobody's really talking about him but he filled in quite admirably last season when everybody went down when they had all those injuries and and he's also there so you have kind of a balanced wide receiver room that's nothing to sneeze at i mean i i do i i wish they would have went a little bit harder in free agency and got somebody like an emmanuel sanders didn't happen i get it but i mean this receiving core is definitely one that will be able to do damage And with the Frank Reich system, I think that they will be very creative in how they use them. So let's jump into the other skill position where I believe will complement the past game that much more. And that's in the running back room. So Marlon Mack was your lead dog last season. And then the Colts go and draft super rookie Jonathan Taylor. So I'll be fair and honest, I wasn't the biggest supporter of Jonathan Taylor coming out of college. So when the whole scouting combine thing happened, I, I had to go back in and, and dive into his, into his film a lot more than what I did. And, and when you actually start to dissect what he was able to do on that Wisconsin team, I mean, and then you see him putting up the numbers at the Combine where he is, he is such a big man. And he was able to, what, I believe he was 4'4 or 4'3. I mean, that's just blazing speed for a big man. Everything he does is is fabulous on the field. I mean, yes, okay, can he catch... I, that's still a question mark. He wasn't used uh, to that degree as that pass-catching back, but I think he's serviceable. I think if you swung it out to Taylor, he'll be able to catch the ball, but I don't think that'll be his role this season whatsoever. But his speed combined with power, combined with he has that shifty move to the outside. He's not going to juke you out of your pants, but he is that talented that he can actually make people miss as well. Um, but then you you team him up with Marlon Mack. you 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 possibly have this one-two punch, and then you add Naheem Hines into that mix as well. So Hines can can serve as, serve as a, a wide receiver. He is a great route runner. I mean, I've had these discussions with my colleagues before, and if Naheem Hines is in that slot with Paris Campbell, I mean, who are you going to defend if you're the opposition? This is, this is a great problem to have if you're the Colts. Everything now on that offense with Phillip Rivers, with Jonathan Taylor – all behind this massive offensive line. I mean, how can you not think that this team is going to make some noise? I mean, I think they're going to do a lot of damage. People are sleeping on this club. Yes, Phillip Rivers is the question mark. I get it, but I'm still behind this man. I think his smarts will outweigh his sk- uh, diminishing skill. I think that his interception rate will go down. He won't be forced to extend and make plays uh, obviously because he is not mobile. He never really was a mobile quarterback, but I mean, he's basically a statue back there now. Um, and, and if he has time to dissect, he still has the smarts to do it. And, and I think that's, uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. The play action pass behind Taylor and Mack, I think, is going to be phenomenal. Um, I, I'm, I'm really all on board on this offense. I think they're going to do a lot of good things um, come this season. And when we go to the tight end group, so here's the other guy that I've been talking. I mean, Jack Doyle is what he is. I think he's a good tight end. Is he anything above overly special? Maybe, maybe not. I'm kind of still on the fence about Jack Doyle, but the signing of Trey Burton is very intriguing to me. And I know he laid a, a an egg in Chicago after coming from Philly and all that hype that he was going to be the next coming. And great tight end I'm still holding out hope for Trey Burton I mean he was injured I mean let's give the guy a break yes that offense in Chicago didn't gel I mean uh, Mitchell Trubisky has his problems so can we truly blame that all on Trey Burton I mean he, he missed a lot of time in the medical room uh, the offense under coach Nagy was uh, completely anemic the entire season so I mean how can we truly uh, say that Burton was a was a bust was a fail. I mean, I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm still holding out hope and I think when Even if you have a multi-tight end set, I mean, there's so many options that you can do. You can look, run heavy with Jonathan Taylor on double tight end sets, and then use the play action and burn people to either Doyle or Burton because they're both able to get open and stretch the field. I, I, I'm I'm infatuated with this offense. I'm surprised that a lot of more people aren't talking about them. I think they're going to be one to be reckoned with in this division. I really really truly do. So when we jump to the defense of the Colts, I mean this group got a lot better as well. I mean, we saw Justin Houston come over last season. I mean, you have uh Darius Leonard, he is the stud at the linebacker position, but I mean they also made a huge splash and they got DeForest Buckner from the San Francisco 49ers in that deal that sent that first round pick back to San Francisco. This changes everything, in my opinion. I mean, you are starting now to build a team the, the right way I mean you're building now in the trenches Your offensive line is fabulous And now you're working on your defensive line And this is exactly how you build a winner I mean it, they say it all the time I mean teams are, are are better When they're built from the trenches out And this is exactly what they're doing So now you have the edge rushing ability Of Justin Houston You have the inside presence of DeForest Buckner And then on top of that now you have Anthony Walker was very good And you have uh, Darius Leonard on the, on the will I mean I think this is a very much improved front 7 i'm not willing to say that they're they're there at that point yet, where they're going to take the next leap in their in their in their development, but I think there's a lot of good working pieces here. I mean, they might be literally on that front seven, uh, maybe two or three really sound key players off from being a very very strong club. When you jump into the secondary, I still think that might be your weakness on this club. They have TJ Carey, yes, they signed him. They have Malik Hooker still, but I heard that they have him on the trade block, which it was. I I kind of found. Very interesting, but I think it's only because they don't want to uh, pony up the dough for a safety because I believe he's coming off of his rookie deal and is going to be expecting big dollars. But the big one that I saw as well is giving the second chance to Xavier Rhodes. This was a big sign. I mean, I get it. Rhodes was being uh, demolished in in Minnesota last season. He couldn't cover a cold. I mean, I I'm, I was one of the bigger supporters of Xavier Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes and I mean... He really let me down. I mean, it's been two seasons. I mean, we saw the play taper off for Rhodes uh, going back to 2019 around the midway point, and then it just carried over into... Or, sorry, yeah, 2018, and then it carried over into 2019. So, I mean... a lot a lot of people are saying he's done and i mean he's still a young guy i mean i'm not going to say that it's over for him just yet i mean he still has a lot of ability he's 30 years old i get it i mean the age might be creeping up and he hasn't produced in in about a season and a half but when they get him on this colts team with a very much improved front seven I wonder. I think playing with Malik Hooker is gonna be very good for him. I think they're 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 very strong, very athletic, and, and I'm I'm rooting for him. I guess that's the best way to put it. I'm rooting for Rhodes to actually have that bounce back because I think he is better than how he has been playing um and then of course you have rock yassin uh who who is an up-and-coming youngster as the at the nickelback position so i mean they are building in the right direction on the defensive side obviously darius leonard i've said his name three times he is he is the guy i mean on that defense he's the star at the linebacker position and and a lot of the things will go through him but i'm gonna sit here and say that at this point, I mean, if everything goes the way that I see it f- unfolding with Frank Reich, with this offense, I really truly believe that the the Indianapolis Colts can challenge for the division uh, to be the winner and take the crown. Um, uh, Houston and Tennessee, I mean, I get it. Tennessee at this point could be the favorite um, just because they went all the way to the AFC Championship last season, and I mean, rightfully so, rightfully so. But with this team The only thing that I can say that's holding them back is chemistry building and and no real training camp or preseason to iron out those insufficiencies. So that is a little bit of the question mark, but I would not be surprised to see a 10 or 11 win season and seeing the Colts um, steal the crown. So we'll jump next onto the board. We will jump to the Houston Texans. This club has been going through so much controversy this offseason, and it all started with the trade. Bill O'Brien trades his superstar wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson and draft pick compensation. We've talked about this already before on previous shows, and I mean, this was a big one. So... If you, I've seen this before, and I've and I've mentioned this more than once, and a lot of people need to understand. So they want to criticize Bill O'Brien, and I mean, yes, the deal does look like he lost it uh, at face value right now, as of today. And I I, I, I struggle to argue points against it, but I understand why he did it. So let me paint you a picture of the Detroit Lions. When Calvin Johnson retired, so Calvin Johnson at, was at the peak of his career. the The Lions were still putting up mammoth numbers offensively, and Calvin calls it a career and says, "I'm done. I can't do it anymore." So, what did the Lions have to do? They had to get better, and they brought in more weapons to balance the receiving core. The Marvin Jones, I believe it was still Golden Tate, um, and 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 company. I mean this is how the Texans now they've taken that page out of that formula and now they've built it in this degree. So yes, I do question their offensive line. They will, they didn't really do anything spectacular, um, to help the cause. And I think that's still going to hurt them. Um, it w- it was imperative that they, that they helped the line and they didn't get it done. And I think that's a great concern, but when we start talking about David Johnson, let's start right there. So, um, Is he washed? How can we say that David Johnson is washed when he's only played, what, four or five seasons in the NFL? Yes, he only has had one 1,000-yard season. Yes, he has dealt with a plethora of injuries. I get it. I mean, that is the problem. The inconsistent play, he looked extremely sluggish and slow last year, overweighted, looked on field. And I mean, what David Johnson are we going to get coming to houston will this be a resurgence for him i truly believe it will be and it can be um with deshaun watson having a true number one back david johnson is a true number one back i don't care what anybody says they can argue that point all they want he can be a true number one three down back he catches the ball unbelievably well I mean, nobody's going to argue that. He is probably a better receiver than he is a runner. Um, but he's still very capable on the ground. And and he's going to add a dynamic to this defense, or to this offense, excuse me, with Duke Johnson like no other. I think you can mix and match both of them. and And defenses really truly won't know if you're running or you're throwing. I think their skill sets match perfectly. So when you take one in, or put one in and take one out, you're not going to miss a beat. Uh, whatsoever in the pass or the run game I think I think that is the key to Bill O'Brien's madness on this move as well I think he was tired of having the patch made solutions at the running back position Lamar Miller always struggling with health losing him last time to last year to that ACL and then picking up Carlos Hyde and it seems like this continuous revolving door of running backs that you can't Uh, trust on a weekly basis i think that was the problem even though carlos had i believe he went over a thousand yards last year and i mean so they, they you could just tell he really truly wanted that three down back that he can trust on a weekly basis is health an issue for johnson i don't think so i think it was a run of bad luck for him uh the last two seasons in arizona and he just didn't fit into the cliff uh, kingsbury system i think that's that's basically it um uh, so coming to houston i think he will for uh, fare a lot better uh with this offense so now let's jump into the receivers this is where i actually am getting excited even though they did lose deandre hopkins so they went out and they signed randall cobb off the street People want to discuss Randall Cobb like he was done. I took so much heat for this, and I'm going to say it every single time that I was correct. And it's it's a humble brag only because I was saying that Randall Cobb was far from finished, and look what he was able to achieve in Dallas. Green Bay wasn't the system for him anymore. I mean, he also dealt with injuries. I get it. So this was the the, the issue for Randall Cobb. But when he signed on with the Cowboys on that one-year contract, I knew that this was going to help him come back to the situation that he saw back with Aaron Rodgers, with Jordy Nelson, with Devonta Adams, where they were just tearing up clubs. When you give Randall Cobb, more weapons around him, he will flourish. And in this offense, now you still have Will Fuller, who is, uh, he's a he's a he's a very sound receiver. But what can we say about Will Fuller? He just can't stay healthy. If he could literally play, 14 games to 16 games, you could see very strong statistics coming from Will Fuller. And then on top of that, they go and they grab uh, Brandon Cooks from the L.A. Rams via trade. I am actually liking this squad only because when you look at it on paper, they are built solely on speed every part of this offense duke johnson still he's not a burner but he's still quick he's still fast he can get open david johnson has that deceptive speed that he can get by defensive backs linebackers he has it there's no question about it brandon cooks gets disrespected in the league and through fantasy football communities like all the time simply because he has bounced around the league i believe i just i wrote the article i believe he's been in the league six years or is if, yes, it's six years and he's gone over a thousand yards four times with the exception of his rookie season and last season, which where he was uh, heavily injured with dealing with the concussions. So, I mean, how can you downgrade a guy who has shown immense consistency? I mean, I get it. This entire receiving core now is subject to worry based on the injury history. I will not argue that. That is the greatest concern. I mean, if these guys start dropping, then the Houston Texans are in grave trouble. Big trouble. There's no question about that. But if these guys can actually stay healthy and on the field, and I didn't even bring up Kenny Stills. So you still have Kenny Stills on this roster to burn as well. So four of your receivers, your four top receivers are are absolute speedsters Uh, okay Randall Cobb maybe not let's let's not let's not go that far but I mean Randall Cobb will be the guy scooping up everything over the middle while Cooks Fuller and and Stills take the safeties deep I mean this is the winning formula and if Cobb is is covered you're gonna have David Johnson feasting all day long with check down passes from Deshaun Watson I mean, and then you still have Deshaun Watson. This guy has proven, I mean, that he can be an electric superstar in the making in this league. I think when they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, yes, it did look dire. It was it was the questioning, what are you doing to this club? Now Deshaun has nobody to throw to. It looks a lot better to me now that we are in late July. All the transactions have been made and we're getting ready to to kick off some form of training camp and and this team i mean they could they could make waves i think i think their their skill is going to be scoring a lot of points if they can find a way to get on the same page you could see very strong numbers coming from this offense as well that's why i said at the beginning of the show this division really will be exciting to watch i think when you see the three teams when you see the the titans the texans and the colts play those six games against each other i think it's just going to be unbelievably entertaining um, simply because it's going to be back and forth uh, all the time great uh, great offense i think uh, was was manufactured from a trade that left everybody scratching their heads. So I'm I'm not overly down on it. I mean, it could have he could have got a lot more back for Hopkins, but I don't hate it whatsoever. So when you jump into the defensive side, I mean, you still got JJ Watt. He is the guy on that line. He still concerns me simply because how much injury history he has. Um, it, it just seemingly, uh, the sense is there that his body is breaking down and it's unfortunate because when he's on the field, he is obviously the home run game wrecker on that defensive side of the ball. But I mean, if he can stay upright for even let's just say, 12 games and the postseason if they make it there. I mean, that's a win, I believe, um, in that department. You still have Marcellus, uh, or Whitney Merciless, excuse me. You have Zach Cunningham. You have Broderick McKinney. I mean, are these three of the... I want to say this is probably one of the better linebacking groups in the entire league. I mean, you really can't say a lot of bad about what these guys can do. With Cunningham and, and McKinney right in that middle, I mean, they just do a lot of damage. And then with Merciless on that edge, uh, adding on, that, on the Sam, I mean, he he's been a sack machine for how long in this league so I mean your front 7 is basically the same as it was you lost uh, Reader, I believe to the Cincinnati Bengals so I mean that's a loss on that defensive line they might feel that because they don't have it as much they did pick up Ross Blaylock this year um, in the draft so that will help ease the transition of losing Reader. but I mean this this front 7 is still very stellar and so when you jump into their secondary I mean this again is the concern how However I do like the potential that I saw last season simply because they got Vernon Hargraves from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on that waiver. So here's the thing I mean Hargraves was a grave disappointment. Uh, uh, no question about it he didn't pan out in Tampa Bay uh, to provide on that first round uh, selection uh, for the Bucs I mean it's clear he, he was just a complete and utter disappointment he comes over to the Texans last season and he looked rejuvenated I mean when you go back and look at his tape he looked like a different player he looked like the player that I saw in college that was that dominating force that was very fast stuck to his wide receivers on their hip like glue he really did up his game they have garen colony uh conley excuse me uh former oakland Ra- uh, oakland raider and i mean they have eric murphy they have justin reed um and then they still have bradley Roby. so i mean there's holes i mean you can say that they're they're better than they were last year. I, I won't argue that. I mean Conley is still a is still a question mark. We haven't seen his potential come to fruition just yet either. Um, but when you see Hargraves and Roby, I think that is actually a, a very good one two punch. And if if Reed uh, can can play at the level that he's continued to play, I mean uh, this this defensive line can get sacks. We know this. They can get sacks all day long. And and hopefully they'll improve on the second and they're giving the offense more to play with. And I, I can't dis, dislike anything about what I see from this Houston Texans team. I think they're built, uh, I guess the best way to put it, how they're built, they're extremely balanced. Balanced is the key now. Uh, it, it's not the superstar. It's not this guy will make you pay in crunch time. This will be the go-to guy in crunch time. I think you're going to find many guys making plays on a weekly basis, and it's going to be a different guy every week. Um, I, I think you're going to have see some consistency with these receivers. I think Cooks is being extremely undervalued in fantasy football. Randall Cobb is being... Uh, totally disrespected in fantasy football i think if if you're listening and you're a fantasy player i mean this is this is one offense that you should actually jump on because the value is off off the charts for these guys so moving right along to the next team we have and that is the tennessee titans This is a very interesting club because the expectation is now extremely high for repeating the success that they had. Yes, they uh, squeaked into the postseason last year and then they rode the Derrick Henry train all the way to the AFC Championship, almost made it to the Super Bowl on that Cinderella run. What can we really expect from the Titans in twenty twenty? after signing Ryan Tannehill to that big contract. Derrick Henry just signed, I believe, last week to his big contract. Um, You have A.J. Brown, who is the up-and-comer. So you do. You have the three-headed monster that you want, that you want to build your team around. Let's start with Ryan Tannehill, though. So last year, I was also preaching Tannehill. When when he got signed on uh, in free agency to back up Marcus Mariota, I I went on record, it wasn't a popular opinion, and I went on record suggesting that Ryan Tannehill could do more with this offense than Marcus Mariota can in 2019. Um so when when they did pull the trigger, we all saw what happened. I mean, I've said this before, and When we go into the new season, and the reason why I like Tannehill is simply because he's a smart quarterback. He's athletic. He can make plays. He can extend plays. He he he's gifted. I mean, he does struggle at times with coverages, but he is a gifted quarterback. I mean, yes, he is the wide receiver transition, but he is a two-time four thousand yard passer in this league. That's nothing to sneeze at. I truly believe that if the system is tailored around him perfectly, which it was last season, you lean on the ground game, you open up the play-action pass, this is where Tannehill Hill is going to succeed. I, I I think that they will do that again this season. I think uh, coach uh, uh, the coach will do things, the, the Coach Vrabel, excuse me, I think he will do things relatively the same way. I think A.J. Brown is ready to take that next leap to be that superstar he was just lights out last season as a rookie I mean everything he did he exceeded all my expectations of what I thought he could do on the field he was very strong very fast he could get open and when they started feeding him the ball the production was just following him the biggest question mark I have at the receiving core is secondary help so Corey Davis I mean, is the jury out? I mean, are we still talking about Corey Davis as a thing? I, I, I struggle with it. I mean, he has the ability, he has the talent, but it just doesn't appear like it's ever going to come. Um, I, I, I root for Corey Davis. I, I liked his game coming out of college, but it just isn't there. So perhaps if they make him the the wide receiver I mean three can we can we put him as a wide receiver three let's bump Adam Humphreys with more of a slot presence but it's very difficult to do when you are such a run heavy team you can't keep Adam Humphreys on the field all the time that's why I was kind of puzzled when he signed on with the club. But I mean, maybe we see something of a transition with the playbook where they add more because Ryan Tannehill will have more time um, to to add more to this playbook. It's it's very possible. So the downgrade does come on the offensive line. They did lose their uh, right tackle to the Cleveland Browns. I believe uh, Jack Conklin. Um, he's gone. So you still have Taylor Lewan, uh, You have Roger uh, Saffold. I mean, that's still your bread and butter. And then you did draft Isaiah Wilson to help ease that transition of losing Conklin. This is the big one, though. I mean, the, the Titans offensive line has been pretty good for a number of years now. And I mean, losing Conklin was a huge shot in the, in the gut. Um, but you know, excuse me, you know that they're going to be still going with the key and and, and feeding Derrick Henry. I mean, this offense has to be predicated through the ground. It's going to be Derrick Henry once again. My only question mark with Derrick Henry is what – What will we see from him early on? Because we've seen it now for many seasons where the Titans just can't seem to come out of the gates strong, come out of the gates fast, and they lose traction in the standings. And then they start to pile it on come week seven, week eight, and then they have a fabulous finish. I mean, we've seen this for what, two or three years now, and it's always the Derrick Henry show in the second half of the season. I want to see it for a consistent 16 games. He did carry the ball 303 times last year, and that's a concern to me as well. Any running back who carries the ball over 300 times typically sees something of a regression in their numbers. I mean... Can we really say that Derrick Henry is going to um, beat last year's numbers? I believe he had, what, 16, almost 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns around there. I mean, are we going to say that he's going to beat that this year? I mean, it's very difficult to say. I'm more of the opinion that I could see something around 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards. Touchdowns could still be the same because he will get all the goal line work. And, I mean, let's face it, he's built like a Mack truck and nobody's going to bring him down. Um, So that is the possibility. Positive for Derrick Henry and the run game. They have this kid, uh, Darrington Evans, that they drafted to replace Deion Lewis. And I think Evans has talent for days. He is the perfect complimentary back. I did a lot of work on his tape. And and I mean, when you look at him run, he's going full bore. Full speed, and the way that he just changes direction is like he his body leans, and then he just breaks it and goes even faster. Like he's not even slowing down on the accelerator. Unbelievable! I really do like this kid a lot. I do question how much he will see uh, in playing time because Henry will be your guy. But like I said, this could help ease derrick henry's workload to maybe around the 260 to 275 range i mean those those extra 40 carries going to uh Darrington Evans, I mean, that's gonna give you a fantastic change of pace. Where are where teams in the fourth quarter are tired of getting piled on and beat down by Derrick Henry, and then you know the Titans put Evans in for the home run shot where they just can't keep up. I mean that's exactly what I could see happening as well. The offense I think is is very good. I think that they will um they will struggle at times against a very good defense, especially if Derrick Henry is getting locked down. Um, that's where I think you'll see Ryan Tannehill struggle quite a bit, Um, um, but if they can figure that out and they can get their play-action game going and it's very consistent and running on high octane, I think you're going to see Ryan Tannehill succeed quite a bit to AJ Brown. I think that's going to be very good. Jonu Smith is another player that I'm really excited about, the tight end finally getting his shot. Uh, Delaney Walker is no longer on the club, both of them uh, uh, Smith and Walker dealt with their share of injuries in the past so if if Smith can actually stay healthy as well I think he can be uh, one of the elite tight ends in this league there's no question about it he's got the skill set he's got the body frame I mean he he could be uh, uh, the compliment that you're looking for that Corey Davis can't be and it's in Jonu Smith I think that will actually be uh, uh, something to look out for especially in fantasy football wink wink everybody get on the Jonu Smith uh, uh, train when it comes to the defensive side of the ball this defense is still very strong very strong Jeffrey Simmons he he's that guy that he's gonna be the anchor on this defensive line you have uh Harold Landry also the rushing specialist you have Richard Evans you have jay R- uh, Jon Brown you have Vic Beasley coming over from the Atlanta Falcons I mean that is not a bad front seven whatsoever I mean I would have liked to seen more help on that defensive line they did draft uh, uh, another uh, young defensive lineman but I'm not- not overly keen on him just yet i mean you have daquan jones he he's your nose tackle so you are going three four it is all about the linebacking core and i mean harold jones evans brown and beasley i mean they're gonna be your uh, primary uh uh pass rushers and and run stuffers obviously i mean this is this is where the the pressure is going to come and then simmons is going to be your guy to to lock everything down so the front seven is still very stout I mean, a lot of people I've heard, they're kind of believing that uh, uh, they're going to have more of a down year defensively, but I just don't see it. I mean, even when you go back to the to the uh, secondary, I mean, they did have something of an offseason last year. They weren't playing as well, but again, injuries are key. I mean, they signed Jonathan Joseph as depth, but what did you really need the depth for? I mean, you still have Adoree Jackson, baller. You still have Kenny Vaccaro, who's playing extremely well. You have Kevin Byard, baller, and you have Malcolm Butler. So, I mean, this is a team that you ha- you can build around this, this secondary by itself. If you're any team in the NFL and you look at the secondary, you'd be smiling ear to ear. And on top of it, they drafted Christian Fulton uh, uh, in the draft this year to add to that depth. So... When it comes to this defense, I don't think they got weaker by any stretch. I mean, they did get rid of Casey. I think he went to the Broncos. And and that, to me, wasn't as puzzling as a lot of people thought. They got rid of a big contract, and they're going with youth. And I think it's a smart thing. This defense is very strong. I think, especially with the additions of Vic Beasley, I think that that is going to give you so much more options uh, in, in rushing ability. He's he's likely going to be put in better situations than he was with the Falcons. And and the Titans could actually ramp up their rushing game, and we could see their secondary producing a whole heck of a lot more uh, when it comes to the turnover game, which is only going to help the offense that much more. I like the, the Titans as well. I mean, when it comes down to it, when we're talking about division winners uh, for the three of them. And we're talking about the Colts. We're talking about the Texans and we're talking about the Titans. It's going to be a dogfight the whole way. I can literally see anyone running away with it, but my money is on either the Titans or the Colts. I think the Texans might take a little bit of a backseat just because there is so many moving parts that are coming in. Now that chemistry building will not be the luxury of having this off season simply because of COVID. Um, I think it's 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 a three-dog three race out of the four teams for this division, and it's going to be, like I said, a whole lot of fun. So not to discount the Jacksonville Jaguars because they are in this division as well, and they will try their best to keep up with the top dogs in this division. And let's start it off with the offense with Gardner Minshew. So he won the job uh, fair and square. Nick Foles did sign that big contract the season prior, And he was shipped out to the Chicago Bears. So he is no longer a problem. They are handing the keys over to Mustache Minshew. He will be your guy this season running the show. And I don't hate it. I mean, he showed extremely well in his rookie season. Huge learning curve. Um, nobody was really expecting him to do what he did um, i i still think that he has a lot of ability and, and and if he continues to grow i mean this offensive line isn't the best let's just not kid ourselves they didn't really do a whole heck of a lot either to help that cause um, but if they can stay at least upright for most of the season he should have enough time to make plays I'm going to go into the wide receiver room first before I attack the running back room because I got a lot of points to say about Leonard Fournette. But we'll jump into the wide receivers. They still have Chris Conley. They have DJ Chark. They have DD Westbrook. I mean, they drafted LaVisca Sunalt Jr., another really good sign. I mean, I'm—or I'm, I'm or a draft pick, excuse me. I'm—I wasn't the biggest Sunalt fan. I mean, I, I dove into his tape. I tried to like him but on this offense it really does make a whole lot of sense. He is that unbelievable mismatch. He's built like a uh, he's built like a truck himself. He's built like a running back, but he's he plays wide receiver. He high points the ball also extremely very well. Good hands. Um, his route running can be in question, and I mean, uh, my comp for him was uh, Cordero Patterson. He is that type of player. I think if he's put in the slot, if he's put in the backfield to make those mismatch plays, he could do some damage on this offense. But when it comes to DJ Chark, I think he's being still underlooked. He is one of these players that is elite in the making, in my opinion. I think Chark is, is, is a fabulous talent. I think in the next two to three years, people are going to be talking about him like he is one of the better ones in the entire NFL and, and rightfully so. Uh, the talent is just off the charts and if they can continue to feed him the ball, I think it's it's, it's you're going to see wonders come. And obviously, D.D. Westbrook, he's a great secondary piece. If he can uh, fix... Up his hands and his drops i think he will be that much better so when it comes to the tight ends before i go into running backs they did sign tyler Eiffert and they have josh oliver i've always been a tyler eifert fan obviously the biggest issue with him also is injuries like a lot of these players i mean but he's missed so much time with that back um, I, I really question uh, what's left in the tank. I mean, the Bengals definitely were, were nursing him and babying him last season where I believe he finished the year It's with this full slate of 16 games. Um, but my 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 money is on Josh Oliver to break out. This guy has a whole heck of a lot of skill. He's very quick. He's very big. Uh, he could be a very sound mismatch. But again, he was hurt last year, and he needs to stay on the field. So let's jump now into the running back room where we have Leonard Fournette, Chris Thompson, and Raquel Armstead. Those will be your top three guys going into the season. So here we go. We have seen again. So... Jay Gruden, I wrote a piece for the fantasy headliners talking about Leonard Fournette. Got a lot of uh, uh, good applause um, um, simply because I broke down the misunderstanding to why people are hating on Leonard Fournette, especially for fantasy football. So let me break it down. So he has, this will be his last year, likely, uh, with Jacksonville since the club has denied his fifth-year option. Um, So I, I don't see... Uh, Fournette signing any kind of long term deal Even if the money is strong Simply because of how he feels That they have disrespected him Um, But Fournette has Has done nothing but play very well On this club He too has dealt with injuries I mean this is the common thing But I mean he still has produced Very sound numbers And yes last year was the anomaly He was still in PPR formats What 17.7 points per game I mean, how can you fade that type of productivity? I just don't get it. So now the argument came, oh, well, Leonard Fournette saw a career-high 100 uh, targets and 76 receptions. Yes, he did. And now Chris Thompson is on the club with his former head coach in Washington, uh, Jay Gruden. Gruden. So this is a problem for people to understand because they believe that Chris Thompson is just going to come in and steal... uh, what 60 70 percent of the workload in the past game just like that because his former coach is there i mean we've seen what chris thompson is he's he's a 30 year old running back he's a specialist he's not he's not a ground runner we know this i mean he he's not he's serviceable at times but he's not gonna explode and, and gain you yards to help your offense go uh, this is Leonard Fournette's job. Leonard Fournette has shown capability in breaking tackles, speed, getting to the edge. Now re- he added the receiving game to his to his repertoire. I mean, this is what Leonard Fournette is. He is the full package. And I'm I'm getting really frustrated when I constantly hear the the people bash Leonard Fournette like he isn't a sound running back. Leonard Fournette was a top, I believe, what five pick wasn't he a top 5 pick? I got to go look that up. I'm not going to quote myself on that one. But he was a top, he was definitely a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. And 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 you're telling me simply because he's only been in the league what, 3 years that you're going to you're going to sit there and tell me that he's a finished product? He's what 25 years old. There's barely any wear on these tires. I get it. The injuries and the missed time are the things that are hurting him. Chris Thompson coming to the Jaguars to take away his reception game is not a problem. Even if he does take 50% of Leonard Fournette's target share, that's okay. So then now the question goes, well, how can Leonard Fournette sustain because he only scored three touchdowns last season? This is why they hired Jay Gruden. They want to improve the red zone opportunity. They were near dead last in every red zone category last season. And that doesn't help because you had a rookie quarterback learning the system and they were never on the same page. Leonard Fournette's opportunities in the red zone, as people want to say, is is the issue. He couldn't find his way into the end zone when they got there. They didn't get enough chances to make it work. Three touchdowns was a gift for him at that point. So, I mean, I'm going to rant a little bit like that because I think Leonard Fournette gets a lot of disrespect for what he can do and what he has shown to be capable of doing. In this offense, again, I think Coach Doug Marone... Um, is the problem i mean this should be his final season as the bench boss i don't understand why they kept him again for this season he has been the cancer on this team he completely derailed the entire team and got everybody off and he wanted to make it his way um you had talent for days on that defense and now when we look at it well I'm done with Leonard Fournette now but I'll, I'll go into the defense now since I've uh, I've ranted on um but you do have talent but you gave away so much and you're still looking to trade uh Ngakwe why Yannick Ngakwe why are you trying to trade this man because he wants his money he wants to get paid and you don't want to pay him this is the problem, and he wants a long-term deal. He is another beast on this defense. Josh Allen is a beast on this defense. Miles Jack is still there, beast on this defense. And then they go and sign Joe Schubert from the Cleveland Browns. This I don't understand. So you didn't want to pay your previous uh, uh, rostered players like Jalen Ramsey. You didn't want to keep him there anymore. And you, you shipped away all this talent. You even had some retire on you. And now you you have guys like Joe Schubert, who isn't bad, but you go and pony up the dough to get him on board. So I mean, okay. Maybe maybe I'm being a little bit too critical on, on what they're trying to do. Maybe it's they were tired of the way uh, the locker room was. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe the dynamics in the locker room were was the biggest situation i mean we saw ramsey and marone go at it on the bench last season right and then that's what led to the deal sending him to the rams um uh, maybe this is the thing maybe marone is just trying to have the authoritative role to say that you're not gonna dictate terms on my team this is my team and i'll build it the way i do maybe that's the case but when we look at the secondary i mean even when we look at uh, they they drafted sorry they drafted uh Levon Chase on as well. kay Levon Chase on. He is going to add some uh, uh rushing ability as well. He is a good sound player, also. So, I mean, they have, they had so many draft picks coming out of the draft, um, out of this year's past draft, that they were able to reload and fill the cupboards. No question about it. So, it clearly says to me that not only does Doug Marone want the players he wants, but then the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't in the business of paying the players outside of the quarterback position. I mean, Nick Foles. <laughs> I mean, and that was that was wasted bucks, obviously. But when we look at this defense as a whole, I mean, the secondary is is not looking very good. I mean, they did also draft C.J. Henderson out of Florida. This kid He's a dynamo. I I like his game a lot. I mean, he's one of those lanky receivers. He's six foot. He's 204. He's very strong. I like his game a lot. I think he's gonna bring that similar type of Ramsey-esque play um to the position. Um, he 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 was Very highly touted, and I can see exactly why the Jaguars were happy to get him. I think he's going to revamp this secondary just by himself. Um, Outside of that, I mean, you have Ronnie Harrison. He was struggling. You have DJ Hayden. Okay. You have uh, Rashad Melvin. Okay. Uh, This is what I'm saying. So you are going to have struggles on the secondary. If your front seven can't dictate terms in the trenches, provide pressure Uh, stop the run you're going to have major problems in the secondary stopping teams from going deep and i mean this is a bad bad look especially when you're going to be playing a team like the houston texans twice a year playing the colts twice a year Um, you're just going to get obliterated i mean with the with the amount of skill they have at the wide receiver position on both those clubs i think you're just gonna you're gonna get obliterated um, so when it comes to expectations for the Jaguars, I mean they will. I think they'll be competitive in in a lot of contests. I just think that they're going to fall short simply because there's just not enough horses uh, to take them to the finish line. Um, when it comes to a lot of key players, I I, I again I, I like Leonard Fournette on this team for fantasy football. I like DJ Chark a lot for fantasy football, and I'm still hedging my bets uh, with uh, Josh Oliver. I think he's going to be something to watch. So I mean like I said when you break it all down this division is very strong. It's going to be very fun to watch, extremely fun to watch, and I'm and I'm I'm geared up. I I think it's it's going to be great football, great great football. If I have to pick one right now, if you're putting me on the spot and I have to pick one to win the division, I'm going to say the Indianapolis Colts. I am just that high on these guys. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, I I have faith in Philip Rivers having everything uh, at his at his beck and call basically to do whatever he wants to do and I think uh, Frank Reich is a breath of fresh air for a, a, a very long career in, in in bringing him maybe one or two years of glory uh, uh, to ride him into the sunset. I think it's it's gonna look good. But, I mean, yeah, that is the AFC South. We will be back for another show, obviously finishing off the AFC with the last two divisions and then jumping into the NFC. Hopefully we'll get some guests on board for the NFC as well. So, I mean, on that note, that is the show. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate all the listeners and the supporters of All Day Football and the ADF Underground. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. Thanks again for listening. Always appreciate you. And until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out.